0: What's going on, world? Welcome to Changing the Narrative. This is a show where we discuss everything from politics, philosophy, theology, social issues, economics, and more from a biblical perspective. The main goal of this show is to find truth. What is the truth about all these matters, and how should we respond once we have a greater understanding of the issues? Let's discuss. What's going on, people? Welcome to Changing the Narrative. Today, I have Pastor Chuck Baldwin. He's the pastor of Liberty Fellowship in Montana, former presidential candidate of the Constitution Party in 2008, host of Chuck Baldwin Live, former state chairman of the moral majority in Florida from 1979 to 1989, and also co-author of Romans 13, The True Meaning of Submission. So today we discuss Israel. This is a very sensitive topic, stirs up a lot of controversy. And a few weeks ago, I had a discussion with some friends and it was a very tense discussion. This is something that I've always wanted to research, always been curious about. Coming from the church, you hear a lot of mainstream pastors talk about how we should support the state of Israel. And then on the opposing side, you hear about how Israel is the aggressor and the Palestinians are victims of genocide and Israel did this and Israel is guilty of this, etc. It's something that I never really researched. Um, I've always been curious about it. So, you know, I would always hear these claims and never really looked into them. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start to research some of this stuff because if it is false, it can be easily refuted. And so um, I wanted to have Pastor Chuck Bowman onto the show today to give his perspective. It's a perspective that I don't really hear too often, especially from a lot of pastors or mainstream pastors. And so I hope you guys... Can take something away from it. This is not going to be the uh, last show that I have about the topic. I do want to hear, like, you know, a lot of different views and uh, come to a reasonable conclusion about the topic. So, on that note, I hope you guys enjoy the show. Should Christians support the state of Israel? Why or why not?
1: Okay, the short answer is no. And the second part of the question, why and why not, is rather lengthy. The evangelical Christian community has been brainwashed over the 20th century and now into the 21st century into accepting at face value the false doctrines of Schofield futurism, which is otherwise known as dispensational prophecy. And the result of that false theology is the belief that the state of Israel created by the United Nations in 1948 is the reestablishment of the biblical nation of Israel, which is utterly false. So the problem is that the support for the state of Israel is predicated upon a completely false narrative. And I have a package of three A series of messages entitled uh, The Israel Package that includes 31 messages that goes into great depth to describe the theological reasons why the current state of Israel is not biblical Israel. It is not prophetic Israel and should not be supported by a Christian people anywhere in the world, especially in the United States. And remember now, I am a man that at one time believed that false narrative as proffered by Schofield and most of the TV preachers and evangelists, most of the Christian seminaries and Bible colleges, most of the evangelical churches. I was schooled in an institution that taught Schofield Futurism, Dispensational Prophecy. And I taught it myself in my first pastorate for over 30 years. So I'm not, this is not a man that is, is coming from the, the other side of, of the argument. I was, I was a part of that, that belief system for over three decades until the Lord began to deal with my heart and I began to, study for myself from the scriptures itself what the bible truly said about israel not accepting what i had been taught and what man had written and said and through that multi-year study with a lot of prayer i i came to the conviction that i am now um, articulating with you that modern israel is not the israel of the bible
0: mm. So, how do you respond to people that uh, use scriptures regarding the restoration of Israel? Like uh, Genesis twelve verse three talks about, "I will bless those that bless you." Um, scriptures like Deuteronomy 3 through five, the Lord will bring you out of, bring you back from captivity. Psalm twenty two, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They that love thee shall prosper. Peace be within the walls and. Um, prosperity within thy palaces. How, how do you respond to people that use those scriptures?
1: Yeah. Genesis 12.3 is the verse that is most utilized to promote the fallacy of the reincarnated, if you want to call that, modern state of Israel. That that scripture is so blatantly taken out of context. It's It's just Almost laughable If it wasn't so serious, it, it would be laughable. Genesis 12:3, of course, was talking not to any country, not to any nation or state. it was talking to the man Abram. And then in Galatians chapter three and verse 16, the scripture is absolutely crystal clear that the promise made to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. It is not fulfilled in the reestablishment of the nation of Israel. It is not fulfilled in the establishment of the state of Israel uh, known today. It was fulfilled completely in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is really the, the, the theme of the entire book of Galatians. The book of Galatians was written to put to rest this false ideology that the fulfillment of Abrahamic covenant would be in a a reincarnated nation of Israel no Paul was absolutely crystal clear and I challenge anybody to read Galatians chapter 3 verse 16 and come to any other conclusion than that the promise made to Abraham by God in Genesis chapter 12 in Genesis chapter 15 etc was fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ and everyone who knows Christ as savior by faith is a child of Abraham and is a partaker in the covenant promises that were given to Abraham in the old covenant of uh, in the old testament so that That is a fallacious interpretation of Genesis chapter 12. No way, no how does that passage, A, have anything to do with a nation of people, Israel or otherwise, and B, it was fulfilled completely and thoroughly in the person of Jesus Christ according to the New Testament. The rest of the verses that you refer to are all prophecies relative to the gathering together of the nation of Israel out of the Babylonian captivity, and those have already been fulfilled in that historical environment. The one verse you mentioned in Psalm about praying for Jerusalem, it's interesting that that they would use that because the city of Jerusalem that David was referring to in that Psalm does not exist today. It hasn't existed since 70 A.D., When Titus and the Roman army completely annihilated the city of Jerusalem, including the Jewish temple, and it has never been rebuilt. The city of Jerusalem that exists today in Palestine was built by Hadrian, the emperor of Rome in the second century. He named it completely different. It wasn't even called Jerusalem. Uh, the Elia uh, Capitolina was the name if I'm pronouncing it right in 135 AD and so the the city itself was, was built as a Roman city by a Roman emperor it has nothing to do with with the old city of Jerusalem in fact the the so called wailing wall that the Jews use to pray to that they say is uh, the remains of of the old city is is actually the remains of the a Roman fort that occupied the, the city uh, under Hadrian and subsequent emperors in the second century. So yeah. the entire narrative of the city of Jerusalem is, is false, and it, it goes along with the entire narrative relative to the state of Israel. The entire narrative is, is completely false. It is unbiblical. It is, it is not historically correct. And the Christians that have elevated the, the state of Israel, the, the, the modern Roman city of Jerusalem, et cetera, and, and to a, some kind of a holy place, referring back to the city of David, et cetera, are only exhibiting their their own ignorance not only of of history but of the bible itself Hmm.
0: where can people get information about that history that you were talking about concerning jerusalem being built by the romans
1: Uh, anywhere just go online
0: okay i mean we
1: live in the information generation you know you can find this anywhere okay this is common knowledge
0: Okay, and that is not the same Jerusalem that God is talking about in the Bible. That's what you're saying?
1: That is that is absolutely correct. That okay. city that God talked about in the Old Testament is completely and forever destroyed. Okay. Uh, I have a message entitled, The Destruction of Jerusalem, that I preached relative to this subject that people can get on my website, if I can give that, com. And you can order that. And I go into the history of the city of Jerusalem before 70 AD. I talk about the prophecies of Jesus and the Bible regarding the destruction of Jerusalem, prophecies that most Christians today totally ignore. They, they, or they misinterpret, they, they apply it to something else, usually the second coming of Christ, which that's not what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 24. He was talking about the destruction of Jerusalem, and I go into all that and and describe it in great detail. That city is forever destroyed. It'll never be rebuilt, and the, the cities that we read about in the Old Testament was the city of David, originally built and then destroyed in the first captivity, and then after, of course, the Babylonian captivity, There was a remnant that went back to Jerusalem and rebuilt the city and rebuilt the walls. And that was, of course, a matter of historical record in the Old Testament.
0: Okay, moving on a little bit. How was the state of Israel established? And was that establishment, the modern day establishment, is it
1: biblical? I think you said it's non-biblical, but... um, Yeah, (laughs) I'll answer the second question first. No, it's not biblical. Uh, the city of Jerusalem is not the fulfillment of biblical prophecy, in any shape, manner, or form. It was established, of course, by the United Nations <clears throat> and the transfer agreement, which took place under Adolf Hitler, which was the seed of the planting of the of the of the Israeli state uh, in Palestine, and then, of course, the British mandate. Capitalized on that, and the Balfour Agreement, which was the, the document that was more or less considered the uh, official green light for the establishment of the of the state of Israel. And then, of course, uh, Harry Truman in the United States put their blessing on it, and the United Nations was the one that actually created the state. and And it's interesting that almost no one calls. Israel, the nation of Israel. I mean, I challenge you to try to remember the last time you heard anybody in the media, anybody in, in religion, anybody in, in you know, churchianity or politics refer to it as the Nation of Israel. They, they very seldom use that term. It's always called the State of Israel, which is interesting mm-hmm. uh, because the United, you know the United States. Uh, is a nation of states, and we call the state of South Carolina the state of Massachusetts, but we don't call it the state of America. It's it's the nation of America, the country of America. So why do we call Israel the state of Israel? Because it was established as a as a satellite state of the United Nations, uh, which is atypical for the, the recreation of of any country, hmm. but that's kind of an aside. Yeah. But I promote a book very heavily in my, in my ministry that was written by an Israeli historian. I, don't, I know nothing of his faith. I'm, I'm certain he's not a Christian, but he's one of the most renowned historians in the Israel. God. His name is Bilal yeah. Pape Yeah, are you familiar with him?
0: I do and have he a wrote, copy of
1: that book. Yeah. Okay, terrific. It's a blockbuster book on the ethnic cleansing of Palestine. And he goes into the very minute details with all the names, dates, places, times, etc., of how Israel conquered the State of Israel, the IDF, the Israeli army conquered the, the land of Palestine by force. And, and, and it was the, the pillage, the rape and the ethnic cleansing of the land and the people of Palestine that actually brought the, the state of Israel into existence. It, it, it many people that live in Israel don't even know their own history. And all of the vestiges of, of the landmarks of the old Palestine have been completely wiped out and rebuilt on so that the, the Jew, Jewish people don't even know what, what their country did to come into existence. So obviously the American Christians have no idea about mm. how this took place. So the the whole history of this, uh, the state of Israel is predicated on a lie. It's predicated on a lie scripturally, and it's predicated upon a lie historically, and it's predicated upon a lie militarily. So any way you look at the state of Israel, the entire narrative of the state is one big lie.
0: mm um, I find it interesting when you, you mentioned earlier that the uh, United Nations was involved with establishing Israel, and I, you know, oftentimes you hear in mainstream media that the United Nations is anti-Israel, and also that the United Nations was established by communists um, like Alger Hiss and um, people like that, and. It's interesting that if the United Nations is so anti-Israel, why would they be involved with establishing the state of Israel or why would communists be involved with,
1: you know? That is a tremendous observation, Rashad. It really is because I believe that the United Nations was created primarily for the purpose of creating the state of Israel to give some form of legitimacy to the state. And when you talk about the communist aspect, let's not forget that Israel itself is is for the most part a communist state. The totalitarianism comes under many different banners. You can call it socialism, you can call it fascism, you can call it uh, communism, uh, totalitarianism, but it's, it's the same basic political philosophy. And when you look at the makeup of, Israel, it is conducted as a, as a military police state. And it doesn't really matter uh, whether it's the Likud party or the Labor Party or, you know, it, it, who is actually in control of, of, the, of the politics of, of the state. It's, it's still run by the IDF. It, it's run by the military. It is, it is, a, it is a military police state and there's no such thing as, you know, they say that there's democracy. That's, that's bogus. There, there's no democracy. If Christians only realize the persecution that Christian people are, are enduring in the state of Israel, they, they would be shocked. My ministry reaches out to all, all over Palestine. We have viewers that, that watch us in Jerusalem. We have people that watch us in Palestine, and We've had people that have converted to, to, Christ through watching our, our messages in, in Jerusalem. And there's one man, I'll, I won't tell his name, but after he converted to Christ, he began to witness to people in Jerusalem. He lives in Jerusalem. He began to witness to people in Jerusalem about, about his faith in Christ and try to, try to tell people about the gospel. And right away, the, the Israeli military police seized him. They beat him up. They tried to intimidate him and frighten him away from his faith. He he would not budge. They threw him in jail without any charges. They have just persecuted this man ever since he became a Christian. And that's typical for what goes on in Israel by the, the Israel military police state. So when you you know you say it's interesting the contrast it's not really a contrast because the the state of Israel is being run as a military police state, so call it any, by any other name, and the result is is still the same and of course the the show is 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 for the Western Christian community, so they can come over there and visit and they give them this this facade uh, tour of these so called uh, Landmarks of the past, and they 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 hype the history of biblical Israel, and they want to keep the money flowing from the American and Western tourist dollars uh, into their country, which is probably the, the except for the government of the United States money that we support Israel. Their, their Western tourism is their number one industry, uh, so. That all masks the the reality of what is really going on in Israel, which that people are living under a military police state. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Now, here's a popular question: um, people ask, um, who are the true victims in the Israeli Palestinian conflict? You know, I mean, this has been an ongoing debate. If you watch people like uh, you, you watch certain stations like Fox, Sean Hannity. You know, they, they present the Israel argument that Israel is the victim. And then you talk to people on the other side, you feel like Palestine is a victim. Yeah. Well, who would you say are the victims?
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> such an obvious elementary question, except for the fact that what you just described, the propaganda from the Western media, especially Fox News, convinces people that the aggressor is the victim. It's, it's an amazing work of propaganda. I mean, someone think about it, this, this is a nation that, since 1967, violated the international law created by the um, United Nations whenever Israel came into existence. The borders were established for the people of Palestine and the Israeli state, clearly delineated in the contract and, and, and in the covenants that uh, formed the state of Israel. And of course, in 1967, Israel attacked. And let's get the history right. Israel was not attacked by its neighbors. Israel attacked its neighbors. It was a blitzkrieg attack against Egypt and and the other Arab nations around it in order to expand its territory, which they obviously did. And therefore, as a result of that blitzkrieg attack, the people of palestine in those areas like the west bank and gaza that they are literally living in occupied territory in fact it's mr Pape uses the term open air prison and that's really true gaza is the largest open air prison in the world if you could imagine the conditions that those people are living under they have uh, they they israel cuts off their supply of food and medicine cuts off their cuts off their fresh water Cuts off their electricity. They, they, they live in impoverished condition. Millions of people uh, living together in, in one little area that almost no one else in the world can even imagine. And it is oppressed to the point of death day after day. And the Israeli military, which receives, what, $3 billion plus every year in military assistance from the United States. So it has one of the most sophisticated military apparatuses in the entire world. It is the only nuclear power in the Middle East. So, I mean, it is a Western-style military country, and they have uh, everything imaginable concerning military warfare at their disposal. And the Palestinians have slingshots and homemade bombs. Uh, you know, the bombs that you hear about coming into Israel are, are basically homemade bombs. They're just put together by desperate people that are trying to do whatever they can to fight the aggressors and the oppressors who make their life a living hell and have, have murdered and, and slaughtered their families, their moms, their daughters or their sons, their fathers, their grandparents, you know the, the military snipers from Israel make sport out of shooting teenage Palestinian boys. Um, sometimes they shoot to kill. Sometimes they shoot them in the knee so they'll be crippled for the rest of their life. Uh, they 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 routinely kill innocent people uh, who are doing nothing, absolutely nothing, in an aggressive manner against the state. Uh, they shoot people in peaceful protests that are, are trying to. Bring the attention of the world to what the Israeli government is doing in terms of stealing their houses, their their lands, their properties, their homes, and the so-called resettlement programs that are that are going on, which is just a continuation of the ethnic cleansing of Palestine that started back in 1947. And so I mean, it's this laughable. I mean, you you got a you got a poor people. They're unarmed. They have no they have no military organization they have no military equipment they they are completely cut off from the world uh, held in captivity by a a first rate modern military power with all of the technology available to them and and Hannity has the gall to get on national television and say that Israel's a victim that that's 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 so absurd it's laughable mm.
0: Some people say that, well, you know, you hear Palestinians say that we're being occupied and, all, you know, obviously you hear the other side that Israel is defending itself. Who was in the land before the state of Israel was established? Who, who was there?
1: Yeah, mostly, mostly Muslims and Christian people. They were indigenous, independent, self-governing, uh, tribal people. Oh, I shouldn't even use the word tribal because they had, they had the fixed villages and cities and their own forms of government. They had leadership. Palestine before 1948, you go back and look at some of the historical photographs. It was a a beautiful area, very fertile, many farms, uh, trees, plants of all types producing. Food and and it was it was uh, you know a, a, a very beautiful um, productive area that people lived in peace and this is what you know the modern Christian here in the United States especially doesn't understand is it, that the Christians and Muslims in Palestine lived together in harmony for a thousand years that they, they for the most part uh, of course there's obviously exceptions. But for the most part, the people of these two faiths lived in complete harmony in the same community, same villages, same regions. They respected each other. They integrated their businesses and their commercial affairs. They, you know, they respected each other's property, each other's way of life, et cetera. And they lived in peace. It was a really peaceful, beautiful, productive area of the country. And until the aggression, the Israeli forces began in December of 1947 and continued all the way through 1967, basically, and of course, it's still going on today in in piecemeal fashion. Until that period of history, there was a... There was very little, if any, conflict in in that region between the Christians and the Muslim people. Uh, It is is Israel that came in and targeted both of the Christians and the Muslim populations. And you'll read this in the book, The Ethnic Cleansing of Palestine by uh, Pompey, And you'll you'll see and, and read the details of how entire villages were wiped off the face of the earth. I mean, just wiped off. Of the planet, uh, and and people, you know, uh, men of of fighting age were taken to concentration camps. Many of them were murdered. Many of them were were beaten to the point that they were physically unable to 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 hardly even walk around. Mm. Uh, women were raped. Families were torn apart. Uh, people were relocated out of their country, out of their villages, out of their home. You know, some of those families had, had lived there for hundreds of years, just in their family. They could, they could trace their, their genealogy and their history to their to community, whichever one it was, for hundreds and hundreds of years. And all of that was wiped out by the Israeli military. So mm-hmm. if people really knew the true history of the state of Israel and how it came into existence and what it did to the endemic uh, peoples that that live there, they would be aghast. They would be completely shocked. And this is the one of the, if not the biggest lie in 20th century and post 20th century history.
0: Yeah, interesting. How are we looking on time?
1: Yeah, maybe five minutes.
0: Okay. We might have to do a, a sequel to this because this is such a big issue, and I've always been on um, yeah sure Actually, I
1: could do another one with you. Okay.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you, um, what kind of influence does Israel have over America, and is that problematic? over the years, I've heard that you know the Israeli lobby is is pretty big, and you know you hear you know a lot of theories about, oh they, uh, Israel controls Hollywood, they control this that, the banks, this is this and that. What kind of influence does Israel have over America?
1: The Israeli lobby and the Israeli influence on the United States is the largest lobby, the most powerful lobby, and the most powerful influence in the United States. There is is no power influence of any, I don't care, corporation, country, industry. There is nothing to compare. Nothing comes in close as a second. It is the most powerful lobby in Washington, D.C., bar none, literally hundreds, maybe thousands, but at least there are hundreds of well-financed, wealthy, rich Zionist lobbyists in Washington, D.C. It is the third rail of politics. There is almost no politician. There's only a handful Of politicians in Washington that could even suggest anything of a negative nature about the state of Israel and survive as as a career. It doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat, everybody pays homage to Israel. Everybody votes for billions of dollars in U.S. taxpayer support for Israel. Everybody gets on board the pro Israel. Uh, clarion call that goes out all the time, because they know that if they don't, uh, they will lose millions of dollars in funding, and not only that, there will be millions of dollars spent to replace them in in Congress by supporting uh, people who would oppose them uh it, it, they, The Israeli lobby is really a monopoly on American politics. And by the way, Cynthia McKinney, the former Congresswoman from Georgia, uh, who I know well, and she's on public record as saying that when she was in Congress, right after she was elected the first time, members of the Israeli lobby came to her and said, uh, we want you to sign this document saying that you will support the state of Israel. Always support the State of Israel that you'll provide help provide funds to the state of Israel that you won't say anything negative about the state of Israel, et cetera, et cetera, and if you don't, we will make sure that you are de- defeated and She said at that time that virtually every congressman and senator in Washington was approached by the Israeli lobby with the same conditions uh, soon after being elected the first time and of course, Cynthia took a very strong position contrary to that and true to their word the, the zionist lobby in washington successfully defeated her and as in a uh, subsequent uh, election but she has told that story all over the country and um, you know that that's something that the the average politician in washington dc won't even discuss because they know that it's true they know that they're on the on the take from the Israeli lobby, and they won't do anything to jeopardize that. So there's no doubt, Israeli lobby is is the strongest, most powerful influence in Washington, bar none. And you mentioned Hollywood, and there's no question that that the Jewish Zionists are tremendously influential. There was a, a documentary film that I that I was in that was produced by James Yeager, a couple of years ago, I think it was called Mainstream, and uh, he, talks, he talks at length about the, the small number of Jewish families that are in positions of leadership and even control of the Hollywood and entertainment industry. I would also say the same thing about the news media. But I think it's, even, it's the greatest influence of Israel Outside of Washington, is in the evangelical churches. Uh, the evangelical churches are literally inundated with Israeli influence. It's just impossible to describe. Really, the uh, the evangelical churches should register themselves as foreign agents mm. for Israel because that's exactly what they are. They they are foreign agents. They they do everything they can to promote the success of, of Israel. From the pulpits, the radio shows they have, the television shows they have, uh, much of their missionary endeavors, the, the money that they raise. In the last message of my Israel package that I alluded to at the beginning of our, of our discussion, I think it's the very last message of Set 3, the 31st message, I go into great detail to describe what we're talking about right now, the influence of Israel in the United States. And I name the names, I list the organizations, and I, and I, and I show just how extensive the influence and the lobbying of the state of Israel is within the United States. And it's interesting that you go, go back to Washington, all of these groups, these hundreds of, of lobby groups for Israel do not have to register as foreign agent. Isn't that interesting? They're the, it's the only foreign lobby group in America that does not have to register as foreign agents. Everybody else, if, if any other country has lobby groups lobbying congressional members of Congress, House, Senate, whatever, they are required by federal law to identify themselves and register as foreign agents but the lobby groups for Israel do not have to, to do not have to register as foreign agents uh, they mm-hmm. do this completely free and unfettered without without any legal oversight so when when you say you know the the power and influence uh, of of the israeli lobby in america it it's so multi-layered i mean it's Washington D.C. It's the news media. It's it's entertainment. It's television. It's movies. It it's it's the churches. It's evangelical television and radio broadcast and colleges and seminaries, and and it's the state governments. Thirty five state governments have passed anti BDS laws in this country, which. <laughs> are the most unconstitutional laws that you could ever enact in this country. I mean, what the law says is that anybody in that state is forbidden to conduct business with any other business that has a policy of divesting from Israel or from boycotting Israel or, or, or things to that effect. So in other words, it's, it's a violation of the free enterprise uh, of this country it's a violation of free speech of this country it's violation of freedom of religion i mean uh, the entire the free market system of america is is completely trashed in in these laws that 35 of the 50 states have passed that's that's just an, an idea this is a 3 4 minute summary of how deep and broad and extensive the lobby effort, the influence and the power of the state of Israel holds over every element of American society. That's
0: interesting. So I can't do business with another business that has divested funds or doesn't want to invest in Israel or is against investing in Israel. That's that's against the law.
1: That's correct. Hmm. And those states that have passed the anti-BDS laws, that's exactly right, which is number
0: 35. Wow. And just wrapping up, um, earlier you were talking about Israel's influence over um, a lot of politicians. Are you saying that Democrats are influenced by Israel as well? And I ask that because yes. over, over the years you hear, oh, Obama, he's anti-Israel and um, he, you know, he, he sides with the terrorists or whatever, and Biden is anti-Israel. Yeah,
1: yeah that's a joke. Yeah. Donald Trump just a couple weeks ago came out and said the Democrats hate Israel and all that, that's just campaign fallacy. Let me, let me give you a quote by Joe Biden. Uh, to go, I'll, I'll end with this. Uh, this is from Democrat Joe Biden, who's now president of the United States. L- listen, listen to what he said. And this is typical of what Democrats say. Nancy Pelosi said the same thing just not too long ago as, uh, the leader of the house. Biden said, and this is an exact quote. The security of Israel and the United States is inextricably tied, and we will never, ever, ever abandon Israel out of our own self-interest, close quote. Mm. Do you hear that? (laughs) He's saying that we will put the interest of Israel even above the interest of the United States, We will never, ever abandon Israel out of our own self-interest. We will put the interest of Israel, a foreign country, a foreign government, over the interest of the United States. That's Joe Biden, Mm. Democrat. No, the the Israeli lobby is in complete control of both parties in Washington, D.C.
0: So I guess the Christians should kind of feel comfortable with Biden saying that, right? I'm being a little sarcastic. I
1: mean, yeah, yeah. Well, they, that's true, but but you see, they it's the facade that they the Democrats and the Republicans have their own constituencies, and they sell themselves to their own constituency in, in a way that makes the constituency feel like that they're getting a, a, a change, that they're you know they're defeating the other side, and and they're their opinions and their ideals are prevailing if they vote for their party it's 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 a game it's it's a it's a joke it they think that they're getting somebody different you know the democrats think they're getting somebody different the republicans think they're getting somebody different but they're all getting people that are controlled by tel aviv mm, wow
0: Interesting, it's a very contentious issue, and uh, I wanted to get you on because I don't hear this perspective. Um, often it's not popular. I'm sure you know that. I'm sure you've gotten a lot of attacks. Um, you know, I had a discussion with some friends a few weeks ago, and uh, it, it got very tense and, and spirited. and you know I had I sent your video, one of your sermons, to a friend, and one of them responded saying that they doubt you're a man of God, and <laughs> But yeah. I, I, I'm sure you've yeah. gotten that. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: And will you and will you go? As a courtesy, maybe show my, uh, or, or give out my, my website once in a while. Oh, so definitely.
0: If yeah, if you want to plug that, you can go ahead.
1: Yeah, it's chuckbaldwinlive.com. That's all one word, chuckbaldwinlive.com. And the book I talk about, uh, by L'Anne Papay, The Ethnic Cleansing of Palestine is there. Other books, the, the remember the Liberty book where this, the, the State of Israel attacked the USS Liberty, an American naval vessel Tried to sink it in 1967. And we talk about that completely hidden from, from the history books and from the media. We the messages I referred to the Israel packages, 31 messages on the biblical truth about Israel is there and, and a whole lot more people can just browse and, and find so many resources relative to this topic. So again, it's chuck baldwin dot com. Absolutely. All
0: right. Thanks a lot, Pastor Baldwin, for coming on today. Okay. Thank
1: you, Rashad. And I'll be glad to do a follow-up if you want to do that.
0: Absolutely. I'll talk to you in the future. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye.